Leading Britain's Conversation, LBC, with Sheila Fogarty. Uh, that statement that Boris Johnson was rushing to when he left the press conference in Downing Street was to do with the COP26 conference and the deal slash no deal, uh, deal-ish, that was uh, uh, hammered out. First, though, Simon Marks, LBC's Washington correspondent, uh, is with me. Steve Bannon, I understand, has been arrested. Uh, he has indeed, Sheila. He has surrendered to the authorities, turning up at the FBI's Washington field office this morning, following uh, news on Friday night that the grand jury had indicted him on charges of contempt of Congress. Steve Bannon, of course, the architect of Donald Trump's presidential election win in 2016, an on-again, off-again advisor to uh, Donald Trump, both in the White House and uh, after he departed the White House. Congress wants to hear from Mr. Bannon about what he knew about the events of January the 6th of this year, the insurrection on Capitol Hill by Donald Trump's conspiracy theory believing supporters. For 21 days, Mr. Bannon ignored a subpoena legally compelling him to appear before one of the committees investigating January the 6th. That led to this very unusual move by the Department of Justice uh, to uh, bring a criminal action against him. And as he showed up at the FBI's Washington field office within the last hour to turn himself in, he was defiant in a message that he live-streamed to his own supporters over his own video webcast. Hey, just want to say, every, tell everybody, we're here today. I don't want anybody to take their eye off the ball of what we do every day. Okay? We got the Hispanics coming on our side, African-Americans coming on our side. We're taking down the Biden regime. I want you guys to stay focused, stay on message. Remember, signal, not noise. This is all noise. That's signal. Thank you very much. And Mr. Bannon has been uh, as outspoken as that on that webcast for several weeks, insisting that he, together with his supporters and followers, are piecing together uh, efforts to topple Joe Biden from the presidency to prove uh, the entirely false contention that last uh, year's presidential election was rigged. If he's convicted of these charges, he could go to jail for up to a year, which would, were it to happen create a quite extraordinary spectacle here in the United States as we hurtle towards next November's midterm elections where control of the Senate and the House of Representatives will be up for grabs. Uh, Mr. Bannon could find himself in a position to claim that he is Joe Biden's political prisoner and you can imagine that there's a man down Mar-a-Lago way who would be only too keen to jump all over that messaging. If I was an American Latina or Latino, I don't think I'd take too kindly to being just summarised as we got the Hispanics. <laughs> that would put me off. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, the, of course, African-Americans, Hispanics, minority uh, voting communities in the United States are not monolithic. I think both parties uh, can be fairly accused of... We probably uh, are often, here sometimes of, as well. ...of, of we? often behaving. Mm. I mean, you know, not, there is the majority of the African-American community clearly votes for the Democratic Party, but it's not a monolithic vote and should never be taken for granted by one party or the other. Uh, there's no question that... 
there has been some movement of Hispanic voters and Latino voters uh, to the Republican side of the aisle over the last several years. And it's, uh, it's one area, as you could hear there from Stephen Bannon, uh, that gives the Republicans confidence that when the November midterm elections take place next year, the Republicans are going to recapture both houses of Congress. And if you think Joe Biden's been having a tough time this year getting legislation through Congress... After the Republicans secure control of both the House and the Senate, if that happens next November, he will be reduced to the lamest of lame duck presidents for the remaining two years of what presumably Democrats still hope will be just his first term in office. And, and on the success with Hispanic people, I mean, the simplest thing is just to put the word people after it and it's, you know, it's kind of fixed. But anyway, on the success with um, Hispanic people, has... Has that been largely down to the Catholic slash abortion uh, policy or is it more to do with those shock jock uh, campaigns um, on the border? I actually think it's more to do with the economy than anything else. Right. I mean, that community tends to be more uh, open to Republican ideas about free markets and uh, fiscal responsibility. I mean, again, it's very, very difficult to generalize. Um, and certainly, if you look at the state of Florida, you don't have the traditional community of Hispanic and Latino voters that you used to have there. It's not just uh, now um, predominantly conservative Cuban exiles. It's much more of a melting pot. So in Florida, for example, the Republicans now find themselves in a bit of a tussle with the Democrats for a voting block, uh, again, to uh, to overuse that notion, that they used to be able to rely upon. So this cuts a number of different ways. Interesting, by the way, one little side note today. Beto O'Rourke down in Texas mm. has just announced that he is going to challenge Governor Greg Abbott, a Republican, uh, for the keys to the gubernatorial mansion. That is a state where uh, Latino and Hispanic politics uh, is going to be very interesting to keep an eye on in the months ahead. Say that state again. Texas. Texas. Lone Star State of Texas. Yeah, because yeah. he... Did he, am I right in saying he almost he, did it last time? Yeah, well, he almost, uh, he was the Robert F. sort of Kennedy-style figure, mm. almost a look-alike, uh, who lost uh, a bid uh, last time around uh, and is going to give it another go. Uh, the last time around it was for a Senate race. This time around he was taking on Senator Ted Cruz. Uh, and he gave Ted Cruz a run for his money. Uh, he's been wondering what to do. Some Democrats uh, viewed him as a presidential aspirant for 2020. That campaign never took off, so he's going to give it a go again locally and try and uh, unseat Greg Abbott uh, in the gubernatorial mansion in Texas. That will be, uh, I think, the political battle of, of uh, Beto O'Rourke's life, because if he loses it, uh, it will be very difficult to see how he goes any further politically. Have I told you about my theory that I'm related to Steve Bannon? Have we had this conversation? No, we haven't, really. <laughs> how, how does that come about? Well, apart from the fact that I mean, if you can, if you can sort of remove the kind of warts that are often hanging off his face and the flaky skin and the and the lack of health that he seems to exhibit quite a lot in the better pictures of him, he looks like quite a few of my male Irish relatives, really? and and my grandmother's maiden name was Bannon, oh, and they come from a similar part 
of Ireland and I just think his rallies left the Irish shores um, a generation before mine, two generations maybe before mine. We've been doing some searching. I, I said a couple of years ago to my mum, why don't I ring who do you think you are? See what they say. I don't think you want to investigate and this was it too deeply. This was it. Thank you. That's, that was my mother's position. This was at the height of the Trump presidency. She said, absolutely not. And I was like, don't you dare. We, we don't want a position where you're going to have to recuse yourself from covering anything uh, to do with him. Oh, don't you worry. I'd get stuck in, don't you worry. Yeah, but no, my mum said not on your Nelly or some such words so I'm afraid it's a no-brainer I can't do it but I'll have to do my own research which is a shame anyway thank you always good to talk to Simon Simon Marks LBC's Washington correspondent